The evil of corruption reaches into every corner of the world. Corruption lies at the heart of the most urgent problems we face. Welcome to Confidential Brief, where Chad Thomas takes you into the stories behind the issues facing our society. Good afternoon to you on this chilly um, Johannesburg morning. It is the 8th of June. And uh, we are still at lockdown. Schools have returned today at certain grades. And things seem to be slowly but surely coming to a point where perhaps we've turned the curve. There's a lot of models that say the opposite may apply and we can anticipate there being a surge. Let's hope that the surge doesn't happen. And if it does happen, let's hope that we are prepared. The authorities have stated that They have brought in extra beds, extra respirators. They have ventilators in place. They have brought in medical personnel from other provinces to help those provinces that are the most severely affected, such as the Western Cape and the Eastern Cape, as well as bringing in medical professionals from as far afield as Cuba. So let's just hope that um, we can maintain the the, the current um, flattening of the curve and we don't experience a massive surge. Coming up on Confidential Brief today, we're going to be chatting to community policing specialist and legal expert advocate Jean Badou. We'll be discussing the success of public-private partnerships involving law enforcement, private security companies, and community involvement in fighting crime. But first, I'd like to remind you, of course, as per usual, that the views expressed on the show are not necessarily those of High FM. You're listening to the Confidential Brief with Chad Thomas on High FM. I'm always so blown away by my guest's bios, but my guest today has an exceptional bio when it comes to his community involvement and his passion for helping the community at large. Um, Advocate Jean Badu is the ex-chair of the Douglasdale Community Policing Forum, ex-chair of the Johannesburg West Cluster Community Policing Forum. He was a member of the Houting Provincial Community Policing Board, EXCO, as well as legal advisor to the Provincial Community Policing Board, is an admitted and practicing attorney of the High Court and currently heads up the Future City Four Ways Project, something we're going to be chatting about during the show. Jean, welcome to, to High FM. Good morning to you. Chad, and good morning to the listeners, and thank you very much for inviting me on your amazing show. Jean, it's, it's, it's great to have you on because I've been following you with great interest over the years, and you were most probably one of the most active CPF chairs uh, when you were still at Douglasdale, and you were able to introduce certain measures that have really contributed towards community involvement, etc. But today I want to chat to you more about how this this public-private partnership has come about in essence that it's, it's successfully fighting crime and how you've managed to bring these different organizations together. Now, for our listeners that don't know, um, Advocate Perdue is part of a, a project called the Future City Four Ways Project, and, and I follow him actively on social media as well as on WhatsApp groups, and what they're doing is quite incredible. Can you tell us a little bit about how this project came about? Sure. Thanks, Chad. Um, just going back to the foundation, as you know, crime is no respecter of persons, and it affects all, old, young, irrespective of race, group, or beliefs. And so we, as a, as a South African uh, community, as a South African public, need to all stand together against crime. It's important that we, we understand that, uh, that nobody uh, can, can flourish with their businesses, with their homes, with their investments, if there is an, a, a, a type of environment of crime that is prevailing. So we have a common goal um, right across our community, and that is to stop crime in its tracks and to create an environment which 
will enable our businesses, our homes, our investments, our children, our schooling, and and indeed bringing international guests in to be to be to flourish and to be able to 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 come to its fore. So, with that as the foundation, uh, it's quite it's quite easy to uh, build a bridge or build bridges, which is what we have done, set, set out to do between the communities, different communities, between business uh, who are very keen to help sponsor these type of uh, initiatives, the South African Police Service, the Joburg Metro Police Department, and various other role players, security companies, and and CCTV operators, etc. Because if we have this common goal. And if we have the desire to, to ensure that our, our environment is crime-free, then it's relatively easy to build from that base a working relationship that is mutually symbiotic and acceptable to all the parties to ensure that we fight and eradicate crime step by step. It's just a question of building that consensus. So that's what we set out to do. And we used the foundation of what is called an improvement district in the four ways area as the foundation to start. If I may, Chad, just take a moment and explain what the, an improvement district is. It's really a group of, of folks that have got together, organizations that have got together, and they've decided to improve the area in which they are um, uh, operating in. So provide uh, supplementary municipal services like cutting grass, moving rubbish, uh, assisting vagrants to find accommodation, um, picking up litter, uh, reporting damaged infrastructure to the municipality to make sure that we have all the streetlights working, etc. So it's really like the broken glass uh, strategy that you are familiar with from Mayor Giuliani and others that have used it over the years in other in other spheres. So um, the, the object of the of the improvement district has been to to do just that: is, is anti-grime, anti-crime. Uh, because they, they tend to be quite closely related, interestingly enough. The CID has always interested me, the, the Central Improvement Districts. I remember Johannesburg in the early 90s starting the very first project known as, as the CJP, the Central Johannesburg Partnership. And the yes. chap at the time that was heading it up, uh, Mr. Fraser introduced a, a joint um, partnership between the community, between the property owners in, in Johannesburg, in those days the old Johannesburg traffic departments, and the police, they introduced cameras, they introduced pointsmen, they introduced security officers, and it worked. But then we saw, and it didn't work as well as anticipated. We saw a massive exodus from the city. Um, we then saw the establishment of these CIDs in other areas as the exodus um, spread to Rosebank, as it spread to Santon, and now it's spread as far as Four Ways. And Four Ways has become a, a, a hub, considering its, its access to the freeways, its entertainment centers, it's design districts, etc. So it's it's quite amazing to see these type of things happening. But I want to go back a bit. Um, as an advocate, as, as an advocate of the High Court, you've obviously been kept very busy over the years, and it's not often you find somebody getting the time to be able to invest from a a purely free perspective, which you did when you were with Douglasdale, their time and effort in establishing and growing a community policing forum. So if we can go back in history a bit, what was it that drew you to join the CPF, to eventually chair that CPF, and where does this passion come from? Okay. A, a community policing forum is, has as its heart a community police a partnership. And what I, what I noticed before I 
uh, got involved was that there were challenges in the relationship between the public and the police. There, were, there was lack of trust, lack of information flow that's vital to fighting crime. The police have battled with resources and many other issues. And, um, you know, there are so many people who point fingers and who criticize, but that doesn't change anything. You can criticize until the cows come home, but it doesn't change the situation. It doesn't make a difference. It doesn't, uh, it, it doesn't solve this, the, the problems. And in fact, for the record, although criticism has its place in, in any society and situation, just spare a thought for the way you criticize because it, 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 one of the effects I actually learned was that it really disheartened the police officers who became uh, of the opinion that the community actually didn't care because all they were interested in is always telling them when they were wrong, never telling them when they were right, and never lifting a finger to help. So based on that, I decided, look, let's harness the goodwill the that's in the community, the goodwill that's in the business fraternity, the goodwill that's in the South African Police Service and the JMPD and others. And let's build a different mindset. Let's partner, truly partner. Let's not do it in on 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 in, on word or, or but let's do it in deed. And so slowly but surely a situation was created where a, an environment of, of 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 interaction of trust was 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 created, and at that stage we we, we managed to secure a very large sponsorship from one of our area uh, um, uh, business people, and we were able to get, take what was literally a dust patch across the road from the police station and build a, a fantastic car park, fence it off, redo the entire station, put in a half million rand generator for the station that at one point was operating on candles and torches when there was power failures, and and give these the officers extra extra office space a desk each officer could have their own desk detectives they have their own chair um, have the, a little filing cabinet to put all their material in sometimes they were hot hot chairing there were you know three detectives would share the same chair and you know the, the difficulties they faced we, we we as a community rolled up our sleeves to help them we were able to secure 11 new additional uh, brand new police cars for the station we were able to put in a lot of extra in infrastructure in the client service center and put a team of volunteers in the client service center that were really client orientated towards the public, assisting the public with that came in to deal with everything from getting papers certified all the way to opening cases. That way we were able to generate into the community the goodwill that really exists out there. The police want to help and the public want to be helped, but there is a disconnect uh, uh, that had been that had built up over time, and yes, there's been a, there's, there's issues concerning police uh, 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 corruption, and there's issues concerning uh, uh, mis misconduct. We understand that, but as the relationship improved, we found that the, the 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 incidences of those being reported in that particular precinct began to drop, because the officers wanted to be seen to protect and serve, and the community wanted to instead of criticising the police and making their their task difficult, wanted to cooperate. And may I give the listeners this piece of advice? If you're stopped by the police, in whatever circumstance, be polite, be decent, be cooperative, and 95% of the time you'll come out of that situation without any problems whatsoever. True. Very true. On that note, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about about communities and how technology has come into play to help in the fight against crime. 
we'll be back straight after this. You're listening to the Confidential Brief with Chad Thomas on High FM. I'm chatting today to Advocate Jean Badou regarding the, the projects he's been involved in over the years, starting as the, the, the chair of the Douglasdale CPF, all the way up to this incredible project known as the Future City Four Ways. And the advocate recently placed me on a WhatsApp group, and I have never seen such an active group uh, with participants from the public sector, the private sector, law enforcement, security companies, etc. I'm actually blown away how companies who are normally in competition with each other are backing each other up, cooperating with one another, etc. But this isn't the only technology that's been used. And obviously, without giving away all the secrets, I'd like to ask Jean today how technology is helping with this particular project that he's heading up. Well, uh, as you know, technology is a force multiplier, and we uh, in the, in the, need all the resources that we can uh, reasonably get to assist us in the fight against crime. Criminals um, don't uh, continue with the same old tactics. They evolve in time, over time, and their tactics evolve over time. And if law enforcement is to be successful in addressing these issues, then we also have to evolve over time to ensure that we are multiple steps ahead and we are able to address the threats that face our community. Going back to what, what we said in the previous segment of the show, the, pro- the primary focus should always be the safety and security of our community, and that's all members, irrespective of their, their rank in life or their, their circumstance. All our community, every single one of them matter to us, and we need to care for them, and they will care for us. And when they, when they feel that they've been cared for and looked after, then the information flow so vital to fighting crime becomes incredibly available to the law enforcement agencies and security agencies. It's when people feel uh, uncared for and and are left in in divided cells or we'll look after this group and not that group that we have issues. So the the beauty of of, of technology and crime fighting is it doesn't take account of any consideration of the community members it serves. It serves all of them equally. So that's the first point I want to make. The second point is that technology enables the limited resources of the law enforcement agencies to be brought to bear much more efficiently and quickly on criminals and criminal elements to ensure that what we have is best used in the fight against crime. The third thing is that that information flow enables our uh, city planners and other persons to use them for additional uh, additional functions. For instance, if you have a camera up at an intersection and there's an accident, then obviously you can bring uh, resources to bear quickly to to assist with that accident, be it paramedics or tow vehicles or whatever needs to happen. And the same with service delivery. The, if you can see a burst pipe or you can see uh, uh, street lights are down or you can see somebody's trying to steal cables, then obviously you can bring the resources to bear quicker. Part of the problem that our city has at the moment is that we we have a difficulty in getting the right information to the right people in the right time to do the right thing. And that's where technology plays a critical role. 
And so we've we've recognized that and we are testing new concepts in Future City 4Ways. And as you rightly say, Chad, we're not going to mention all of those on the air because it would be self-defeating. But uh, these these technologies and Wi-Fi capabilities are are there to ensure that we have an edge that we can give back to the security companies and the police and the fight against crime and make sure that we are one step ahead of what we're doing. Are you as amazed as what I am by the fact that security companies, armed response companies, the supplier of these um, tactical intervention units are working so well together considering that they're actually competitors? You know, Chad, they, they are competitors from a business perspective. But if you look at the, the – again, if you go back to the real basics we're talking about here – um, that is the, 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 the safety and security of the community. They have common factors such as that where they can work along those lines. Another factor is when a security officer is down, an injury to one is an injury to all. Then it becomes a code green and everybody's there. And we, we make sure that we inculcate that friendship, that working relationship, that mutual respect in the security companies as best best as we can for operational cooperation. Yes, there are always going to be challenges between in an environment like that, competitiveness over customers and clients and customer information or client information. And so we try and build a, a, a an, a, a, an atmosphere of integrity where that information is not shared. That information is shared only for the purposes for which it is intended, namely to fight the criminals. Where we have had one or two um, security operators who perhaps weren't behaving as one would have liked, we've made it clear that we won't work with them and that they're quite welcome to set up their shop somewhere else. And as a result of that, we've been able to foster and encourage and inculcate a, 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 a mutually symbiotic relationship which assists in the, in the, on the fair operation of all security companies working together. There are a lot of good people out there. The, the, the trick is just to find the way, find the connection to have them all work together in relative harmony in, in operational terms. I'm finding it, I'm finding it amazing that it's almost become the same unity that one would expect with the police. And one has seen in the past with the police where you, you, people that have watched television have heard the call on the radio, officer down, officer down, and all the police units from all the areas respond. We're now seeing the same with security companies. And I must be honest, it's very comforting. Everybody knows um, that's listened to the show how huge the security industry is and that they're more now than just force multipliers. Um, in terms of projects like E2 um, that, that was established in Gauteng and in the Western Cape, they are regarded now as partners in the fight against crime. And I think it's, it's gratifying to see that through organizations such as yourself, through community participation, that these organizations have now reached the point where they can cooperate with one another while still being in competition with one another. And you made the point that there will always be cowboys, there will always be rogues, but we find that in all industries. Going back to technology, how much has technology helped you in terms of what you've seen over the years 
in the fight against crime? Well, you know, we, you, you've got you've got to answer that question in, in a short answer. A lot. The technology that is now available, thermal imaging drones, cameras, uh, communication systems, uh, uh, beams, and and various sensors on fences, mean that we can bring the law enforcement agencies and the security industry to bear on criminals a lot quicker and a lot more efficiently than previously was the case. Uh, we, 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 we see the use of this technology as um, a, a, a critical component of the development of anti-crime strategies. And as criminals evolve, so will we. And we will always try to be one or multiple steps ahead of them. Um, and th- it's clear to me that, that, um, that the criminal elements are, are, are struggling at the moment to keep pace with some of the developments that we are we're coming out with because what people are no longer doing is 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 putting these things on websites and saying well join our, with our company and this is what we can do for you because if you do if you if you market your your capabilities in that manner all you're doing is undermining their use because by the time your clients have all signed up with that capability the criminal elements have already worked out a way to get around it so the object of the exercise is, 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 is um, uh, discretion with information, cooperation, coordination, close working friendships, uh, some integrity in the industry, which we are very grateful for CIRA and other role players in, in assisting with, with, with um, in, in, in ensuring that that is the case. We, 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 we're really grateful for some very, very amazing and dedicated officers in the South African Police Service and in the JMPD uh, and in the, in the Gauteng Traffic Department and others. And it's, it's finding and working with good men and women that makes our job a lot easier in fighting crime. So the, 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 if I was to give you a short answer to this question, which I haven't done, sorry, Chad, but it's, the, the technology plays a major role, but it's as good as the integrity of the operator behind it. And so we understand that before you can apply technology successfully, you've got to build relationships of trust and integrity between the role players. Then you can apply your technology. Then it will have its effect. It's like a house with a foundation first. Is the partnership between local law enforcement, be it metro police or police at station level, working with the security companies and the property owners within your project? The answer is it's working, but it could be better. And I think that answer applies everywhere because you're going to have some difficulties in service delivery and you're going to have some successes in service delivery. And so our our, our role is to facilitate the, the constant improvement or realignment of the capabilities to ensure the best possible outcome for our community. And where we find obstacles, where we find problems, we need to bring pressure to bear to have those issues or, or situations resolved. Um, it, it's critical that, that, that one doesn't uh, give up on a situation. You have to be proactive and you have to focus on getting those relationships right. And it's not always possible, but in most instances, we've been able to build at least a working consensus. What I'd like to understand is, is the, the mechanisms behind the establishment of such a project and how one is able to show that the project isn't to a community that is privileged through funding, etc., but can extend and help people that may fall outside of that project area. Yes. So, so the situation is that, as I was mentioning earlier, your, the, the common denominator in our South African nation is all people 
all people, irrespective of their background or circumstance in life, want to be in a crime-free environment. No person wants to be a victim of crime. No person should be a victim of crime. So when you take it back to its lowest common denominator, such as that, you'll find that everyone, no matter whom, wants to buy into the concept of fighting crime successfully in their areas and in their circumstances. Where you have um, areas that, that, that struggle with resources, the South African Peace Service and other government bodies are mandated by law to ensure that the same level of service, the same number of vehicles, the same number of officers is deployed to any station, irrespective of its location, depending on the assessments the police carry out on the needs in that area. So one of the tools that we need to use, and which I want to encourage the listeners to get involved in, is your local community policing forum. The, The job of a community policing forum at its heart is to build a community policing partnership. And if I was to give you a definition of how a successful CPF should work, it would be as follows. It would be a means whereby community-identified anti-crime priorities are communicated and to and applied by the South African Police Service to ensure the, the most successful and efficient fight against crime. That would be the definition I would give you. So that we ensure that no matter where one is in life or in in, in location, that the station that you fall under are doing or operating as efficiently as possible and taking the inputs from the community into account when they carry out their crime uh, crime anti crime operations and, and law enforcement activities. That would be the ideal that we could get to. Um, that sponsorships come along in certain areas and perhaps not so in others. Well, there are a number of fantastic initiatives like Business Against Crime and others that are operating way beyond that and that they apply uh, their resources across all police stations irrespective of the area. Uh, so, so there are a number of really good initiatives out there that we, 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 we're very pleased to see operating and they're doing a great job. Very encouraging to hear how the communities are coming together together with um, interested business parties together with their local police and most importantly with the organizations that function to represent those communities at policing level. We need to pay the bills. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Advocate John Boudou. You're listening to The Confidential Brief with Chad Thomas on High FM. And this crisis has impacted on all of us, including um, the media, including our radio shows, as I'm sure our listeners are aware. We do experience a couple of technical difficulties um, broadcasting remote. So if there are a couple of glitches, we do apologize for that. And remember that today's live show is repeated later in the week, and you can download the podcast tomorrow from the Chai FM website. Advocate Bedeau, we're chatting today about the importance of public-private partnerships, the coming together of communities, etc. And we've gone back in history to the early 90s, to the Central Johannesburg Partnership, all the way through to what is now known as these um, improvement districts. And you also made specific mention, of course, about the broken pain theory, which was Rudolf Giuliani, um, his policy towards addressing issues that would, would be able to identify a small problem before it becomes a big problem. The model that you are using, 
are you able to see this being expanded community upon community? And are you of the, of the school of thought that it's something that should be applied and should be shared rather than be limited to a specific area? Absolutely. Uh, what I'd like to do, Chad, is just to take the listeners back very briefly to the, the history behind the uh, improvement districts. They were really a creature of a provincial ordinance, and um, a number of them sprang up, as you mentioned, in areas outside of central Johannesburg as well. And the, the object of an improvement district is to provide supplementary municipal services such as cleaning and security. Uh, there was a court case, the West Dunes case, I'll just call it that, where the Supreme Court of, of Appeal found that the, imp, the imposition of the compulsory additional rates levies that funded some of these, or all of them, was unconstitutional because it wasn't a, a, a legislated tax. And as a result, um, the, the, the central uh, improvement districts, as we know them, many of them anyway, um, fell into a bit of disuse, sorry, should I say, and you've only got the main ones left out at Rosebank and Santon and our area and a few others um, that are operating on the old, in the old way, and we're all operating on, a, on what's called voluntary contributions. So we approach uh, um, clients, businesses, people who are interested in supporting their community with this service, and they provide voluntary contributions, which we spend uh, in a certain way, and it's the certain way I want to expand a bit more. We take unemployed folks, we train them, and we put them to work to help uplift their community. This model can be reproduced anywhere in South Africa, anywhere. So to answer your question directly, no, we don't want it limited to one space. The model can be and should be reproduced, and it can be. It's as simple as that. We have teams of folk that would be uh, involved in cutting the verges, cleaning the uh, cleaning grass, removing litter, picking uh, picking up uh, uh, disused bits and pieces. You'll be surprised what you find on the side of a highway. I mean, some people decide to drive down the road and throw their microwave out. And you'll be amazed at what we've picked up in the past and what we've seen. Packets of methamphetamine, we've had to ask the police to come and fetch them. And all sorts of things. It's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting world out there. Be that as it may, the, hob, the object of the exercise is to ensure that our area is cleaner and safer for all. This creates huge employment and sponsorship opportunities. Companies can come forward and say, okay, we want to spend some of our CSI budget in a certain way. And we would like to apply that to helping men and women from underprivileged communities who can be part of their community or any other community for that matter in this type of endeavor. We also have teams of folks that we have trained and put out on, on, a, on, a, on, a, on a test basis called hot squads. These guys, similar to car guards, stand at uh, different intersections and monitor uh, the, the pedestrian traffic at traffic lights to ensure that they notify the authorities long before they're smashing grabs of any uh, suspicious characters loitering around that intersection. In the test area that we have applied this, from the date of inception to the present, we were able to reduce the smashing grabs by 100%. And so, it excites, so to interrupt you there, it, it excites me that you, you are creating employment opportunities. Can you tell us just a little bit more? Because you, you've mentioned having people clean up. You've mentioned having people um, standing at hotspots, etc. Where do these people come from? And what kind of training and background vetting is done on these individuals? Okay, so just going back to that. So, so we take 
a, a, a particular community, and, we, and we, we, we consult with community leaders and we say, look, guys, we've got a limited number of employment opportunities for men and women that you, the community, identify as people of integrity, people of, 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 uh, of, of enthusiasm and energy who would be prepared to tackle some of these projects. And what we do, uh, Chad, is we're not here to build glass ceilings on top of people. So if someone decides that they would like to work with one of these projects, say, for a year or two years, it's normally a two-year uh, agreement, they would go and help us keep an area clean of litter and all the things I was telling you about. But at night, we would send them to night college or night school so that they can learn business and other skills so that when their tenure with us comes to an end, they are able to then go forth and be a, a really much more effective member of their community wherever they choose to go. And where, where working with Future City 4Ways comes into being is we teach them different personality skills, discipline, hard work, uh, integrity, because those are the key factors that make men and women successful in business. So for us, we're just a training ground. For our community, they get the benefit. And for the, for the persons that we're able to reach, they get the benefit of the, of the, of the future that is built into their lives for them to go forward. Well, this has made me excited. And I want to pick up on this after this. We're going to take our last ad break of the day. When we come back, I want to talk about the opportunities that are presented to the people on the ground, not just the safety and security aspect. We'll be back straight after this. You're listening to The Confidential Brief with Chad Thomas on High FM. I just find it amazing how our times have changed, how we're talking about things that we never thought possible, and how I'm now having a conversation with somebody who's not very far from me, and in, in, in normal circumstances I'd be sitting with him, and we're now having to find ways through technology to communicate. But going back to... To, to the common needs of man. In the last couple of minutes, I'd like to just cover something that, that Advocate Budo raised, raised that I think is, is so important, and that is that these projects are not just there to keep communities safe. They're not just there to keep communities clean, but they're also there to help with employment. And I'm hoping that there's a couple of success stories because Advocate Budo told us about Night schools, he told us about people that have been employed, etc. I'd like to break that down a little bit with you, if if you can, advocates. Yes, I can do that. Uh, look, as I was saying in the in the previous segment, part of the training that needs to go into any person who's going to succeed in business or in other endeavours in life is is their character. And so we, 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 we focus on, um, the discipline and the, the different responsibilities that are given to these young men and women that work with us to enable them to flourish in those areas. For instance, you give a person the, uh, authority, well, not the authority, but the control and responsibility to keep an intersection clean and safe. That's their responsibility. And they are to communicate to, to the authorities anyone or anything that may appear to be uh, out of order. And it's amazing how when they get to speak to all the folk that are usually their vendors, uh, taxi drivers and whatever, they get to know who should be there or was usually there and who are the unusual people moving into the area. And the community intelligence is incredible. And that's why we, 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 we see the value 
for law enforcement, for for business training, for 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 for, for all manner of, of, of opportunities by allowing these uh, operations and this methodology of training people. So by day they have a function, and by night they're learning. And by the time they finish with us, they are able to go forward and do whatever they would like to do. And to give you a few success stories, we've had folks, I'm not going to mention individual names on the air, obviously, but I'll give you a couple of examples. We've had folks that have gone into into their own uh, vegetable garden and horticulture uh, projects, and they're able to run those businesses uh, very efficiently, especially over this COVID lockdown. They've been able to give a lot of groceries to people in need or, or vegetables to people in need. You've got um, some some of the, the folk were, were, were uh, starting businesses that provided uh, PPEs such as cloth masks uh, where there was tremendous demand and they're able to sell those and so many more. Uh, opportunities. We've had folks that have gone into 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 micro lending and, and and starting little businesses, be it sewing, be it it, it making furniture, be it using a number of different uh, entrepreneurial opportunities that are available to them. And that's great because the South Africa of the future needs to rely on small business. And so we've, what we've done is instead of saying, "Okay, guys, we're all about taking people, using them for our our ends." And then if they no longer want to work with us for whatever reason, we'll find someone else. We don't treat people like that. The philosophy is we're here to build you and and your future into you as you work with us. That way we've had a tremendous amount more loyalty, commitment, and, and, and efficiency. And, you know, if you believe in a person, it's amazing how they flourish. Well, I'll tell you the skills transfer is so important. The development of, of smaller micro-sized companies is so important and securing and making sure that a community is clean is so vitally important. And, and that's what I've taken away from today's conversation is that all of these boxes are being ticked. And I know for a fact that we, we, we have a lot of communities that listen to the show based on the fact that we, we highlight and emphasize the success of projects like this. So without us being inundated with calls, where can people find out more about the, 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 the Future Four Ways project and how can they, if they are within that precinct, get involved or how can they learn more from this project? Chad, thank you. Um, we, we have a very active Facebook page. We have contact details on there. We have a very active website and we have, obviously, we're out there in our, in our activities and people are aware of who we are. Our general manager is operating with the teams, uh, in the area uh, all day and every day around with our sponsorships and sponsors and business supporters and um, all our other community supporters. Recently, we, we re- redirected a lot of those people into what we call the Power Packer team. And these guys helped us pack many thousands of food parcels for Deep Slurt and surrounding areas. We were, we, along with African Ticken and with the uh, gift of the givers, were able to feed over 100,000 people through the parcels that we were able to put into that community because we committed to them. And we know that, that they need to eat through this time. So we, 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 there's, the teams operate. We're out there. They know how to get in touch with us. We've got our, our social media presence. We have our contact details on there. And we're part of our community every day.
We're committed to our community and to making a difference. And because of that, the folks that work with us or support us know who we are and what we stand for. And because of that, we're able to do what we do and we're able to be successful, not because of the leadership, but because of the heart of the people. Advocate John Badu, we know how busy you are, me especially, because I see how active you are on the different groups. I'd like to thank you for taking an hour out of your day today to um, update our listeners about this incredible project. And for our listeners, we'll be updating the the um, social media pages as how as to how you can find out more about this exciting project and perhaps how it can be replicated in other areas. And we could produce. Thank you so much for your time, Chad. Thank you to you and to the team at ChaiFM. You guys are amazing. To all your listeners for taking the time to listen, and I look forward to uh, interacting and working with you in the future. And uh, we're making a difference for all our communities in South Africa at this critical time. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Confidential Brief. We're back next week when we're going to be discussing interventions with drug addicts and the scourge of child trafficking. You've been listening to Confidential Brief. I thank you so much for your time. We'll be chatting again next week.